Welcome to the Nerdaplexy Movie Review Show mini-episode. This is where we break down our breakdowns of the movies we just watched, answer your pressing questions, and let you know what to check out for next time. Today is also the seventh meeting of the Nerdaplexy Comic Book Book of the Month Club! (laughs) My name is Reed, and with me today we have... Sam and Dave. So let's dive in... All right, friends, if you are joining us chronologically, the last <laughs> the last time we uh, crossed paths with, with our old friend, Val Kilmer. Val. Batman Forever. Your friend and mine, Val Kilmer. Yes, yes. May he stay well, indeed. Speaking of which, what I meant to say was, uh, I don't think Joel Schumacher will be making any more Batman movies. Oh, no. Oh, is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. Oh, no. When did we that weren't happen? too hard on him, so it's not so bad. <laughs> oh, no. Is this a recent occurrence? <laughs> no, some several years ago. Oh, okay. Well. And I, I the only reason I knew is because I was looking up, like, Joel Schumacher reaction to negative reviews in the movie. Because I was like, well, I can think of something to say on the mini about that. And it was, like, one of his last videos that was apologizing to Batman fans because he really wanted to get it right. And I was like, oh, man. Oh no! That's, that, that that's bad. He was like, yeah, I just, he, died, he he died in 2020. He, he was like, yeah, the nipple thing. In retrospect, not a great not a great move. But I thought <laughs> he he thought because he was doing like like Greek god style uh, like look aesthetic. He thought you know this looks like a statue, and that's kind of what he was going for. Which I can I get that like the Adonis. I mean, if the nipples are your biggest problem, then like right. Then you enjoyed the movie. We're going to find out ahead of the George Clooney movie that the nipples are not the biggest problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme about that today. That's like the least of it. The nipples were fine. <laughs> Whereas Poison Ivy was trying to regrow forests and Mr. Freeze was trying to stop global warming, but we're supposed to root for this weird billionaire. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit more deep than that. Poison Ivy was also killing people, <laughs> and Mr. Freeze also very much killing people. Yeah, and so and so was Mr. Freeze. Well, well, we'll have some time to consider. And he was he was he didn't care about global warming. He wanted to save his bring back his dead wife, which is free, which is not unlike Swamp Thing. You know, guys holding on to his dead wife for a long time till he could figure out what plant thing he can do to bring her back. Man, we're getting some some. Major spoilers for what we're going to be talking about for what's like 1997. I actually truly can't remember if that's what it is in the movie, but I know that's what it was in the finest cartoon rendition, which is the Batman animated series, uh, Mr. Freeze. I think it's a two-part episode, and it's insanely good. Yeah, I think that they... I'm I'm excited to find out whether or not because uh, yes I I the the frozen kind of ballerina animated series thing I don't I don't remember that being a plot point of Mr. Freeze but it's a, a possibility I suppose yeah I think that, that's going to be a while from now though oh yes 97 Batman and Robin they I, I don't think they they waited too long they they started up right away anyway as of the animated series. Mr. Freeze's wife, Nora, had a rare terminal illness, so he was cryogenically freezing her in stasis while he worked on a cure. Good stuff. I do remember, I, 
I remember the animated series. I don't remember Batman for or Batman and Robin, and I know I saw it in theaters. I don't remember any of that movie. In the last decade, I have seen the riff tracks of it, which is fairly clipped up into like the worst of the worst. I, I mean, I that has to be way more enjoyable. Speaking of Swamp Thing, there's a uh, there's a riff tracks uh, Swamp Thing coming out in August. So well, that's exciting. Check that out. It's a it's a live stream to theater. Is it Swamp Thing or is it Return? Return. Ah, good. They've got the, they're they're going to do the good one. Good, good, good. good. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> I'm caught up on Better Call Saul. How many seasons has the show been on? It's on the second half of season six, which is I'm the about very six end. and a half seasons behind. Then I've only seen the first episode. You're a monster. <laughs> is the is the series ending now? Is that? I think it is. It, yeah, and then there's four episodes left, and I'm looking forward to the uh, prequel, prequel series, Better Dial Lyle. That's good for the people who watch it. <laughs> That's for all you saw heads out there. I thought you made that up. Yeah, you you can laugh. It's a good it's a good joke because um, well, there's a there's just like a like a D character Lyle in Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot of Saul memes come across my. Uh... Uh, feed. So I was, I was thinking something was going on coming across the desk. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I tried. I watched the first episode. Oh, man. And okay. Um, I was kind of in a. Um, it's one of them. It. If you're in a mood to to not watch something real depressing, probably not a great. That ain't it. Thing yeah, to throw on. Say, yeah. But, <laughs> but all all told, one of the better shows ever. I, and I believe that. I mean, Brian Cranston. Um, he he's. He's good at what he's good at doing a low angry growl. Oh man, and he does that a lot. But he's also good at a Malcolm in the Middle. If he can't get a Keaton, if he can't get a Michael Keaton for a uh, Batman Beyond old Batman, I feel like a Brian Cranston slots right in. Ooh yeah, that would go down real smooth. I heard some uh, some fan casting for Brian Cranston. Maybe not so much a, a Batman, but if you think about him in a villain sense, perhaps maybe like uh, a Lex Luthor type. That was uh, what people were oh, clamoring yeah. for for uh, Batman v Superman. They wanted uh, Cranston in there. Well, it could not have been worse. Yeah, they they want a different direction. I still didn't watch Batman v Superman. It's um. Let me say this. Gal Gadot is electric in that movie. That's all. Kevin Spacey would have been a better move. Well, oof. I'll say this. <laughs> um, You're going to have to beep that. <laughs> no, I stand by it. <laughs> he's He's got more of an evil thing to him. That's true. I'm all for, I'm all for representation, and I think that if you're going to play a murderer in a movie or some kind of monster, you know, a bad person... You should be, you should have that in your repertoire. I think Death Row inmates should have more of a supervillain role. I think DC should try that. Um, Kevin Spacey did play, he did play Lex Luthor, though. I know he did. I, I just didn't know if we were riffing on that or... Oh, no, no, no. That, that would have been a wild pull had he not played Lex <laughs> Luthor for me to say Kevin Spacey was... That's, I mean, not a lot of people <laughs> saw Superman Returns is what I'm saying. Fair enough. We can cut We can cut the whole thing. If there's any ambiguity that I, <laughs> that I couldn't have possibly not known that he was in it, and I'm just pulling, I'm not just, I'm not just pulling random pedophiles out the hat. Right, right. Because <laughs> I got a hat. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Superman Returns, not a movie I love. A moment I did love was when he did get shot in the eyeball with a bullet and the bullet smushed on his eyeball. That was right in the trailer, though. Dave liked that movie. It was boring as piss. I liked, well, I feel like Dave is kind of a Superman guy because Superman is just inherently boring. And I feel like that's right up Dave's alley. 
what I liked about it is is he wasn't fighting because Superman fighting is boring because he can't lose. There's no stakes. Fair. That's fair. It was story based, and I, most of Superman's stories are about like the talking and moralizing of it because that's that's yeah that that's like Superman's thing is his kind of like moral righteousness because yeah you're right the punching the punching sucks because he can never you can't beat him by punching Lex Luthor just the perfect villain for him because he never has to punch he just tricks Superman into doing something fucking stupid. Well, here's what it is: if Superman would have been a, a little bit amoral, he could have just ended Lex Luthor and it wouldn't have been a problem. But he got all up in his head about it. Here's what it is. Do it. I didn't care if he never punched a goon. Obviously, he would turn them to a jelly. But punch something. Punch something like a building. Throw a building. People are in buildings. He does his best to not hurt people. I, I get that. Have you seen Man of Steel? He does his best to hurt people. Oh, yeah. That's true. After waxing about not hurting people. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. Uh, and I was maybe in like an undergrad at that point. So, I mean, not the most refined cinematic palette brandon ralph looks looks great mm-hmm. he's got the look oh yeah. he's the best he looks the part um so i i i don't think i'm ever gonna revisit it isn't it like kevin spacey's got like a magic kryptonian crystal and it's grown like a giant crystal palace and then it turns into a fortress of solitude or some bullshit like that i don't know it's all kinda yeah kinda it's all pretty much bad. Yeah, Superman's not my guy. To be fair, Superman's not my guy either. I like Superman in the offshoots, like the Red Sun um, trades, stuff like that. Yeah, Red Sun, Evil Superman's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. And that was that uh, Justice shit. There was like a whole big DC run. They did uh, the, the Mortal Kombat video games. Injustice? Injustice, yes. The Injustice series, Injustice video games. I I, I really like that kind of uh, like what if storyline. But yeah, I kind of agree. That's when... I think we've said this before, but DC, obvi- not obviously, but B- DC definitely shines in their animated movies. They And they're, they can be insanely creative in them and they're not getting that studio treatment like all of their live action movies seem to get for some time. The, the most recent one notwithstanding, I haven't seen it. But um, it seems like they're letting Matt Richards, Matt Richards? Who's the director of the new Batman? Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. It seems like they're letting Matt Reeves off the chain and just doing his own like film, like noir detective flick. And that's sort of like a creative approach that the other ones don't really have. The other one seems like they they had a bunch of like mothers against drunk drivers writing the script, um, which is cool. And, you know, whatever, I understand trying to get that like wide appeal. But whenever you're trying to appeal to everybody, you, you end up appealing to nobody. And the... DC like animated stuff like Gotham by Gaslight. They've got some Ninja Batman flicks. I mean, they're able to really spread their wings, so to speak. Even that again, one of the offshoots, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Batman, was like uh, an extremely good and gritty cartoon with lots of violence that you don't expect from either of those. Yeah, Warner Brothers got that unlock. Yeah, it was Justice great. League Dark. Oh yeah. Those are really good. I, I really like that series and that the the supernatural side of DC is my fucking wheelhouse, the old Vertigo stuff. Constantine. Mm-hmm. I, I really love all that all that stuff. And those those really are good. I mean, they they all they all look very samey, which you know, it's on the same universe, so like it's fine. Cause it looks it looks good. And a lot of the fighting is really flat, but it's it's all well enough that 
and the stories really overshadow a lot of that. So I don't care. I mean, yeah, it, it's saying it's a little bit flat, but so is Marvel stuff. And that's like the least of it. Uh, speaking of Marvel stuff, I did, I did in fact go see Thor Love and Thunder recently. We talked about that a little bit in the Batman episode. Yeah. The, uh, the, yeah. Very, the very good Christian Bale, Atheist Bale joke. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, very good joke. <laughs> Th- thanks to the memes. Came in a fee. But he's, yeah, he's a Gore the God butcher, therefore very atheistic. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had some more time that. to think about it. And um, I, I think I'll need to watch it again. But I think that the problem I had with it, now that I've had time to stew, was I, I like Taika Watiti's, Taika Watiti's take. I like his stuff. I love, I love a lot of the, the things that he does. But I feel like... There's there's moments in the new movie where uh, because like the original two Thor movies and especially Dark World was not particularly well received and kind of are dunked on by fans. There are movies that I didn't I, I enjoyed. I liked them. And there are moments in especially Love and Thunder where there there's like a, a moment where they dunk on it really hard in the first five minutes where I just feel like the rest of the movie was them making fun of people who are into that. And I'm like, that's. That's, I mean, this is us. Why? Oh, that's a mistake. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to watch it again with a clear head, but I was a little butt hurt because there's a, there's a dark world joke right at the very beginning. I just felt a little uh, put upon. So maybe I put a sour taste in my mouth. I'm willing to give it a second watch through because all the Natalie Portman shit is amazing. And I've seen a lot of people on Reddit and in some film forums uh, kind of trashing it. Well, hold on. People on Reddit are being negative. Come on. Well, I mean, negative and positive. It's 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 strange. Some people are are trashing it, and some people are praising it for like the same things. And one of the things that people are defending and hating on is the drastic tonal shifts, because it'll go from extremely silly but not goofy, funny, just kind of silly to extremely serious because it follows you know a well-established jane foster story arc where she um gets a cancer yeah i saw that people didn't 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 like that there was no trigger warning for that oh do any movies come with trigger warnings i've never seen one in a theater yeah all i know is that i've read an article (laughs) i didn't say it was a good article and i didn't say it was (laughs) i think actually probably a very good thing if you can see someone going through that that you know kind of comes out the other end very powerful yeah so there's like a lot of like drastic tonal shifts and it goes from extremely serious and to be extremely silly and i don't mind that as a concept i just don't think that it's pulled off particularly well here because if it feels like there's two movies happening simultaneously and one of them is actually pretty interesting all of the there's a lot of new asgard stuff with king valkyrie and jane foster and that is the best part of the movie and it actually feels like thor is kind of wedged in here and all the thor stuff seems really overwrought i don't know if that's a, that's a good way to put it uh there's a very good stormbringer bit that you know you know for for people like us though i think that we, you should watch it if you're a, a kind of like a comics movie action watcher, because there's some great action and there's some decently funny bits. Russell Crowe's um, rendition of Zeus is worth watching this movie for. I've only seen that in memes and now I, I need to see the movie. Yeah, sit on it. Just for that. I'll wait till it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I, I like the I really like the Thor movies. And I I like going to the movies to support weird ones, especially this is like Marvel space stuff. And I love that. And I love that. I eat that shit up. And... I don't know. I'm a big fan of the Guardians. It it felt like a little 
like a little too on the nose. It felt like they're doing too much almost family guy stuff, if that makes sense. Way too meta. Like reference, reference, reference. If you think that's bad. It's making fun of itself in the moment and not in a great way. And then it just makes you think like, oh, well, this is stupid. Because they're saying, well, isn't this so stupid? I'm like, well, the way you're doing it is. I, I don't I don't think space goats is necessarily stupid. But sometimes when you when you say it like that. <laughs> Taika Waititi has um, there, there's a there's a yelling goat spit, which you might have seen in the trailers. Um, and he said that is, in fact, inspired by the Taylor Swift meme. Oh, that's good. That's very good. The tr- trouble. <laughs> trouble. <laughs> anytime a goat screams like a human being it gets me I, there's nothing about goats that i dislike <laughs> no they're the best you can't tell me a thing about goats that i that i won't like oh you can climb nearly vertical slopes that's awesome can eat basically anything people used to think pretty good yeah people used to think they were satan that's kind of cool they were just living their life. Did you know that goat meat is the most consumed meat per capita worldwide? That makes sense. That tracks. That makes sense. I mean, because goats are fucking everywhere. You can you can have a goat in your backyard. And they're fucking everywhere. You, they're, they are. <laughs> I understand why people associate goats with the devil because uh, also cats. They got these crazy ass eyes. Well, you know, people always associate cats with evil too. And I just, I got a couple of cats kicking around the house these days. And they're fucking devilish. Not their fault. Not It's, it's rarely malicious. But uh, I feel like a goat is a like a cow with a cat brain. So I can't imagine the kind of bullshit having a bunch of goats would get you in. You know what I'm saying? Climbing on stuff. I, I, eating like your gutters and shit. Goats are fucking crazy. Well, they eat your lawn. They're the best. Who needs a lawnmower? I want a goat so bad as I'm allergic to grass. And every time I cut the grass, I break out into hives no matter how much allergy medicine I take. I want a goat for just that purpose. Well, they, they do, they, they do, they do rent goats to eat like uh, vegetation, but I don't think they're going to they're gonna have a goat come to your lawn. No, I just want to have one. I mean, I'm not going to. Hey, that's a that's a worthy goal. I'm I'm with that. I would love to have. I one day want to own a goat. A couple of goats, maybe like an alpaca or something. Speaking of uh, how marvelous goats are, that was such a stretch. And speaking of stretches, Miss Marvel. It, I, I, it sounds like the, the boys are trying to segue into the comic book, Book of the Month Club. Nerd of Plexi Comic Book. Comic Book of the Month Club. It's a book club for comic books. You know, in this instance, we do talk about Bruno. Oh, <laughs> yes, we do. That's fair. Oh, very good. You got me with that. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck I was looking at before, but the author on this one is Willow Wilson. G. Willow Wilson. Sana Amanat is a co-creator. Aha, aha, aha. Okay, so I wasn't, I wasn't totally wrong. No, you were fine. Yeah, this one was uh, came out originally twenty fourteen. She made her first appearance in Captain Marvel number 14 in August 2013 before going on to star in the solo series Miss Marvel, which debuted in February 2014, written by G. Willow Wilson, co-created, character co-created by Sana Amanat. Uh, yeah, so this this follows uh, the uh, adventures and misadventures of Kamala Khan. Misadventures? Come on. Ms. Adventures. See, that's why. That's why I keep you guys around. I don't. I can't think. Of, we we gotta have we get all of our bases covered here. 
But it's uh, <laughs> Kamal Khan, and she is a high school student living in Jersey City. Who this was part of an event that happened, uh, an Inhumans event that happened during this time, where uh, a bunch of Terrigen mist was released all over large portions of the world. And what Terrigen mist is is basically a catalyst that when humans are exposed to it, some of those humans who have inhuman ancestry in them, once they're exposed to the Terrigen, they are transformed into their inhuman selves. So that's why there's a moment after uh, Kamala is exposed that she is encased in a cocoon uh, because that's some inhuman shit. Yeah, I I didn't read many of the inhuman runs of anything. So this was my first, I think. I I got into it at this time and I was uh, a little uh, you know kind of interested in in the inhumans um you know cuz Black Bolt's pretty wild and they have a dog with a tuning fork on its head so uh that that interests me always but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lockjaw Yeah what got me into um the like the inhumans mostly was I was very much into the Agents of Shield show with uh Clark Gregg Love a Clark Clark Gregg Yeah and you got to love a Clark Gregg. There was a time when um, Marvel was trying to get uh, like the mutant experience without having uh, the owning the rights to, you know, Marvel's mutants. And they were going to take the inhuman route. So at a certain point in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, it becomes all about the inhumans leading up to the launch of the inhumans TV show, which um, you may or may not know flopped extremely hard. And everybody did, in fact, hate. Um, the only good part about it was the actor who played Black Bolt uh, did a very good job of being Black Bolty, uh, and is also in the uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, that's the th- that's the great thing about multiverses is you can take the best part of really bad things and keep them, which I just saw, and throw away the bad stuff. So it sort of gives you that that type of agency to reactively create a world that everybody actually likes. Yeah, I, I like a Mr. Fantastic. And the, uh, the in, a, in a multiverse setting. Speaking of Fantastic Four. Not in a Fantastic Four setting, really. I don't want to give up the bit too soon. Uh, but, but we're going to be covering oh, okay. a little something coming soon. The 1994 Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And the porn parody, he would, he would be, he would be Fister Mantastic. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. Thing stays the thing. I I'm, I love that you, we talked about doing the Fantastic Four, <laughs> um, and you just could not wait until the episode. He said Mr. Fantastic, and it just, I, uh, for that. I was already on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, much like Mr. Fantastic, Kamala uh, has got, those uh, kind of a similar power set. Uh, so we, we get a little slice of life stuff right up front, uh, which is really, I think, the strongest part of you know this comic. The action's great. I think that this whole comic looks amazing. I love the vibes. But the slice of life stuff really shines for me. Um, and, and that's the, the majority of the first issue before any kind of superhero business takes place. But um, so... Kamala's kind of move set is that she can embiggen herself so she can she can do stretches. 
That's a very cromulent word. <laughs> right? She can do stretches. She makes her, uh, historically, she makes her fists real big, um, which is quite a look. And I remember him, like, thinking out of the bat, like, uh, when I knew, when I knew that that was her power set, thinking about a Ms. Marvel, I thought, man, that's, that's like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. But then when I actually read the series as there could be no better thing because this character is such a absolute nerd. And that's, yeah, I, that's exactly what I was so much say. of what I love about her. my, my thing is it is uh multiculturally significant and I didn't even try to connect on that level, but I was easily able to connect on that nerdy level. Yeah, because she is a extreme fangirl. Another thing removed would be like the generational aspect. You know, if I was reading this while I was in high school, that would have been huge. Aha, uh-huh, yes, that kind of thing. Something I could connect to, but I mean, I, I mean, we were all in high school. I, I kind of remember what that was like, even though it may be different now than it was whenever we were there. But yeah, I mean, I was able to easily connect with that that fanboy fangirl aspect. And for me. When I first started reading this, it felt so much like Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Like, the stories are kind of small. This kid kind of wants to be popular, but he's not getting there. So, in this case, she's not getting there. And now she gets these superpowers in her head straight up from Miss Marvel. But, or Captain Marvel. Yes. Um, uh, and that's, that is actually interesting. I'm glad you say that, Dave, because that is my final note, my my kind of summation of this series. And what I love so much about this character and the scale of this story is it's very Spider-Man-esque. Uh, her, her struggles, her problems are the scale of it is is quite small, and it's mostly about her trying to not get in trouble by her parents. She doesn't want to get grounded or make her parents disappointed in her. And while also trying to be a superhero, and that's such an interesting uh, arc that I'm glad that that's a kind of reborn in this character. Right. There's one scene, the one scene in particular that stuck out to me as uh, as really great, and it was um, her her mother is kind of like an overbearing uh, character in her life, and she has their. Uh, I guess no, actually, I'll say it's from the TV show, actually. Uh, because I did watch the first episode of that. Uh, I mean, it happens in the comics as well, but and the mother's overbearing in both. But in the TV show, she had just failed her driver's test, and in the car on the on the ride back, she's doing the most passive aggressive, like it's it's my fault that it's your fault that this happened kind of thing. <laughs> like you know, it, it, and that I feel like mm-hmm. uh, pr- probably a lot of folks can relate to that. You know. And I've, I'm guilty of it, too, of using guilt to try to, uh, you know, manipulate your children to do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say that I'm guilty of that, but I, I will feel it right here. So it's it's always interesting to me whenever I watch stuff like this or read comics that maybe aren't from my age group. And I find myself relating to the parents and I sort of that's that gives you that that terrible realization that you're not <laughs> you're not the kid that was that, that grew up reading comics you're now the old guy who's reading comics that are for kids yeah well i that's that's so great uh, i'm i'm glad you brought that up because i, I had a reaction and, and i mean my only touch point is like me having disappointed parents in high school so it, that's interesting that it's hitting different for you uh i because i also watched the show yeah, when I saw those disappointed parents, I thought definitely Reed is going to feel this. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, I, uh, I I did watch the whole series. Um, I, I wrapped it up uh, today. It it I felt it kind of started a little slow, um, but it picks up a little bit about halfway through. It, it has some some pretty interesting ideas, and it goes places I wouldn't expect a Disney Plus show to go. That being said. It it is going to skew a little younger. This has got heavy CW vibes. This is like Marvel CW stuff, which I personally love. That I mean, I'm I'm a huge Supernatural fan. From what I've seen of Arrow, I really like that. But th- this does have that that kind of uh, tone, or maybe like that kind of stakes. Uh, and I think it's perfect. Um, it, it it matches up. It's different enough in very interesting ways from the comic itself because they, they do, they do make some changes. Her powers are hard light based, which they do. They do reference that being hard light as opposed to her actually growing and expanding her body. She does like light versions, extensions of her body, which for CG reasons, I 100% get these were, uh, this is what was missing in the doll seam of street fighter. Right. (laughs) Energy projections <laughs> as opposed to stretching. They couldn't crack that code. What I did like in the little bit of the show that I watched is their ability to to keep some of that visual, that comic visual style that is so striking about the comics. Yes, this this really had um, uh, Into the Spider-Verse vibes where... Exactly, but live action version of that, which I think is is telling that it can be done. Yes, the... It doesn't break you out at all. It's it's kind of it's kind of like <laughs> here, here's I'm gonna date myself. It's kind of like um, Into the Spider Verse meets Lizzie McGuire, where <laughs> there are things happening in the background, and it 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 never like the sh- it just keeps going. Here it's it's much more stylized and subtle, but um, similarly effective. And that that it kind of drops off a little bit. Um, towards the middle, but it the when it when those moments when it happens, it looks great, and uh, I I really appreciate the visual storytelling. Yeah, great. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. I'm happy to hear that because bef- before uh, before Disney had Disney Plus and became basically the monolith that controls my life, Hulu had like a, a they tried their hand at one of the younger comic series, The Runaways. Ah, yes. And I tried to watch it, and I was really worried that this was going to go that way and be just all angst and no fun. Yeah, I I I too uh, I too like the Runaways comic. I watched about 2 to 3 episodes of the show as well. I I'm I'm not surprised that they've liked Runaways. Uh, it's all about kids getting hurt. So it is all about kids getting hurt. That's why I read the comics. See? The show kid not enough kids get hurt. So I wasn't in. I was not in. I'm glad you mentioned Runaways, uh, though, because the illustrator of this, uh, at least the first trade of Miss Marvel, is Adrian Alfona, who's known for his work on Runaways. So, yeah, but another great thing, and this oh, was this great. is from an interview directly an from uh, G. Willow Wilson, <laughs> the writer, and she's the the main antagonist in the first series is the inventor, and the, he she and she says basically that she likes that. The visual look of it is kooky and Miyazaki-esque at times, and that's because of that art style enjoyed so much. It looks fucking great. Like The comic looks amazing. There's uh, there's moments where um, Ms. Marvel's face 
becomes just like a comic. It's just kind of like three lines, uh, very like fully coolly kind of stuff. And it every time it happens, it's 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 for an effect, and it lands. It lands every single time. Also, just another hoopla uh, plug. Hoopla has an audiobook version of the comic, which is pretty well done with voice actors and things, kind of like a radio teleplay. Oh, okay. I, I'm such a sucker for that. Uh, I saw. Yeah, me too. I saw that, and I I was a little confused when I was doing my download on Hoopla, um, but I, I listened to it while looking at the, the actual comic pages, and I think that's really that that's the fully immersive way to go about it. Whoa, bro! You made you made your own um, motion comic, uh, like read along record. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you guys have any of those? Yes, we I, we at least had the Mister Bill one. I have the first season of the Buffy comics on Blu-ray. It... <laughs> well, I, I I mean to say, I, I, this is maybe dating myself. Uh, I think I said that already. This I'll is date I, you. Uh, going to show how old I am. But when I was growing up. We had these records, and I had a He-Man record, mm-hmm. and it was like a beep, turn the page thing. And the record... We had one of those. Sleeve was also a book, so you'd put the record on, and it would like do a teleplay drama of, of like He-Man, and you would follow along, and at the end, it would be like, beep, and then you would flip the page over. He said, now it's time to turn over the page. And you'd flip it over, and then you'd read along with He-Man. Hopefully I can find some clips and put them in here. Oh, that'd be super cool. This is your Masters of the Universe read-along book. Every time you hear this chime, it means it's time to turn the page in your storybook. Now, if you are ready, we will start the story, Caverns Caverns of of Beer. Don't forget to turn the page every time you hear the chime. So let's do let's do a, a quick lightning round. Who's your hero? Who's your villain? We'll do a one and a one. Uh, who do we think is the hero of Ms. Marvel? My hero would be Adrian Alfona, the illustrator, because like I said, the style is it, it not that it, it makes the comic, but it makes the comic. I mean, the writing is the writing is great, but if what well, without that, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as thoroughly. My hero is whoever thought of the circle cue because they did that strange things are afoot at the circle cue like 16 times in the first. Yeah, good Bill and Ted reference run of this sh- this series. I love that. Uh, my hero is going to be like the very first page uh, where Kamala Khan is looking at uh, a bacon <laughs> sandwich and she calls it infidel meat. And uh, that. Oh, yeah, that's very good. That's a real great way to kick off a comic. Uh, as for villains, I got to say that inventor is real good. Oh, he's classic. I really enjoy it's great. him and all of his robot friends. My villain is uh, Zoe, for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. That's the blonde girl in the beginning at the uh, deli. She's much better in the show. I'll say that. They, she does a real turnaround. Is she? She's not as like passive-aggressive piece of shit the whole time? She's much better off in, in the show. It's a, much, it's a pretty good character. Yeah. Uh, my villain, and it's kind of uh, derivative of Reed's, but it's got to be the trash dinosaur. W- what a look. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> what a look, man. <laughs> it, looks like, um, it, it looks like Rugrats or something. Exactly. Construction reptar. My hero was going to be Lockjaw, but it's, that's because I read too far. You did. 
Because I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> yeah, she she did be getting involved with them Inhumans. Lockjaw is, is great. There's also like a man who's a satyr. That's like his whole vibe. He's an Inhuman, but he just, he's like a satyr. Mr. Tumnus. That's just his thing. Inhumans are great. There's all kind of wild fucking shit in there. All right. Well, I think I, I could speak for everyone when I would say I wholeheartedly recommend this comic to basically anyone. Yeah, it's very good. I, I say it. It's marvelous. It is marvelous. I say it. I say it every time, but like I stopped reading comics after a while, and then you guys brought this on, so thank you. I I dig this book of the month club. So is that was that Jake who re- requested this, or that was Jake? So thank you, Jake. Our our man in the our man in the street, maybe. Got to get him a shirt first with yeah. the fred, with the flesh horse on it. <laughs> Press. <laughs> no one will talk to him. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> Be sure to let us know what you thought of Ms. Marvel uh, and let us know what you think of the show. Head on over to nerdaplexy.com. You can also drop by fleshhorse.com if that's more your speed and let us know um, like what you like um, and you and what you very much like and what your favorite things are. Yeah, tell us what you like about our show and what you like about our show. Yeah, exactly. If you'd like to say that on a more public <laughs> forum, you can head on over to Twitter and uh, hit us up at NerdaplexyPod. There you'll be interacting with our social media, Bruno. It's Dave. Yeah, and you could, you could talk about me on there. I won't be mad. Uh, yeah, hit me up at the face of Dave. We could talk about our favorite dogs with tuning forks on their heads. <laughs> yes, very good. Uh, hit me up over at uh, Letterboxd at uh, read underscore Nerdaplexy. Sam's at PGH underscore SVH on Twitter. Uh, please join us next time where I think we're going to have a special surprise for you. Sam uh, mentioned earlier, but we will be doing a uh, commentary track for 1994's The Fantastic Four. So uh, it's uh, free uh, on YouTube. You can uh, just type in the Fantastic Four, 1994, and it will uh, the free movie, whole movies available, um, and you can just line those up. You can listen to us. We can all watch it together at the same time, and then you just live tweet at us your reactions to our reactions of uh, what you're watching. Oh man, I would love that so much, and we'll react to your reactions. I would certainly react to those reactions if you can react. If I start getting random weird tweets at like midnight, I will reply. Absolutely. That's, you've opened the Pandora's (laughs) box. Pandora doesn't go back in the box. (laughs) Someone said that to me today and they meant it. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, until then again, we'd like to leave you with this thought to ponder. Do you think the shoe bomber Richard Reed is a multiversal version of Reed Richards? No, no, no. no. I don't think so. (laughs) No. I don't think so, Tim.